0: A woohooer, a hand clap, or a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. This is Tanya Pinkins of You Can't Say That. You are listening to part two of my conversation with founder of Image Nation, Moikansi Kama.
1: about a whole lot, do we? Except
0: except that I like Black Panther and I like Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, you liked them. I liked them. I thought okay. they were beautiful. I was, but it never surprises me that we do beautiful things. Right. So do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, of course. You give us some money, it's going to be fabulous. Like, right. Look what we do with $2. Right. So give us $20 million. You know, give us $100 million. It's going to be beyond what you could ever have fathomed. That doesn't surprise me. But I do think there's, there's something that you need
1: that. You, you need the aspirational experiences. We need them. Our kids need them. But I also think, you know, we have to be realistic. You cannot expect other folks to educate your kids. You can't expect them Ooh. to educate our communities. Oh, yes. You know, like, if I had the time, <laughs> and I don't have the time, one of the things I was trying to start, and I said, all right, Conti, let that go, was a um a culture, like a, a uh, culture club for kids because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always thought you know these um, Hebrew schools are really smart mm-hmm. Like, you know they want their kids to understand their culture they're teaching them mm. themselves in their communities and not going up to the mainstream school saying why aren't you teaching Hebrew history and language mm-hmm. they're doing it themselves and so I said well you know I think we need to have a culture club for the kids in Harlem um, And so I realized I can't do everything. So I moved on from that. But there are great organizations like Bro Sis, Mm -hmm. Brotherhood Sisterhood Soul, which is an amazing organization that I'm trying to enroll my son in. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for a place to do that because I don't think it's realistic to expect other people to do that for us. So if we take our kids to see those movies or if we're challenging the content, it's important to do it at home, have the conversation.
0: Now you know I got to play devil's advocate on that because there's some people who don't have the money, don't have the time, uh, you the know, money to do what to to, to read to take to, to pay for them to go to the to the to the program.
1: No, no, you're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying you can always do it in your home.
0: But you know, there's some people who don't like reading. They don't want to read a book. They don't want to buy a book. I mean, you know, that's the reality. So part of me, I'm always looking for the lemonade and the lemons. I'm like, if Betsy DeVos shuts down the Department of Education, then we will have to educate our own. And that could be a very good thing for us.
1: <laughs> or that could be a very horrific thing for right. us. <laughs> I mean, could, could, I mean, come on. We work. We pay taxes. We, you know, we should have an education. We shouldn't have, you know, we right. Should, but
0: we should not be dependent, like you said, we should not yeah. be dependent on them for the education. Where Texas is is deciding what the the school curriculum is for most of the country, and slaves were happy workers, you know, and also assets on the on the balance sheet. Right. <laughs> right.
1: No, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we should keep fighting for what the government's supposed to give us. But on the side, take care of your business, take care of your own. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, my little son, I don't know, he's so contrary. Anytime I try to talk to him about black history, he's like, ah, (laughs) like I'm too black for him. (laughs) But, you know, he was reading Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass when he was like three and four. mm. So, as much as he might be going through this rebellious phase, it's in there.
0: And uh, Kamala, Camilla Forbes was telling me that her kid goes to a school that's very, very um, pro-black, like buy back, buy black, support black, something else. There's a whole phrase. And so she was taking her daughter to the dentist. And she's like, is, is it a black dentist? Because we have to buy black, you know, be black. And she was like, oh, then, you know, calling her husband, like, is it a black dentist? <laughs> <laughs> what school is that? It's in Brooklyn. You know. you got to ask Camilla. It's a private school. Uh, it's a private preschool because her daughter's three.
1: Ah, okay. So it's a
0: preschool, yes. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: My son goes Mm. to a very progressive school, but it's not, you know,
0: it's not that. But it's very, I like this school. What does progressive mean? Because progressive for me actually has come to take on a negative connotation.
1: Well, um... Okay, good things. like last year, his teacher taught them about the Harlem Renaissance, okay, right and so they learned all about harlem Harlem history and Harlem culture um this year, they're focusing on um, indigenous Americans mm. and they teach it from a very um you know historically i think sound perspective right so that that's great um but also like the i you know I had an issue with this, I hope nobody gets mad at me, but they had my son wearing a little um the little... Um, ribbon? Rainbow ribbon. Okay. The rainbow <laughs> ribbon, though. Right, right, right. right? And so, I, you know, so the, their thing is the LGBTQ community. And so, um, which I'm in support of, but I was kind of like, okay, kids are getting shot left and right by the cops. There's all mm. these things happening in the black community. You live in Harlem. The school is in Harlem. Why do you have that ribbon on? Why don't you have on a different ribbon? Or Why Black we- Lives Matter ribbon. Right, exactly. I was like, <laughs> what about Black Lives Matter? Why are we talking about that? Mm-hmm. So it's progressive because I feel like... Um, Oh, Lord, I probably shouldn't be saying this stuff, time. You're going to get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel, like, I feel like, in some ways, um, you know, the LGBT community um, can be like the cause is your. Right?
0: Well, but and let's, that's what let's, let's talk about why. With. The LGBT community can do that because there's a lot of White men in that community who can be invisible in that community and still exercise a lot of power. Well, yeah, and because there's been a huge branding campaign behind that. But movement. they're they're patriarchs. They have a whole bunch of patriarchs sitting in the house of power who can advocate for their issues. We cannot, exactly. you know, forget that. Exactly. <laughs> and so that that frustrates
1: me. You know, and it, that that has frustrated me about the school because he had this little ribbon on. Was this? He's nine, so he might have been seven. He had his little ribbon on. I said, "Kari, why are you wearing that ribbon?" He said, "Mommy, I'm a part of the LGBTQ community." <laughs>
0: right? I said, "Really? Really? <laughs> In what way?" <laughs> and, you know, he was like, "I am."
1: <laughs> you know? I said, "Really?" I said, "Okay." Um, hmm. Do you know what that means? He was like, "You know, just that." And I said, "Well, would you like to marry a boy? If you would, it's okay." Do you, do you think you might want to marry a boy when you grow up? And he said, no. <laughs> I, said, I said, okay. I, do you not know if it's to be a boy or a girl? He's like, no. I think it'll be a girl. I said, so in what way are you a part of this community, baby? And he was just like, I am. <laughs> I, said, okay. I said, okay, it's fine. You can be, you're right. You are. You're a part of that community and they're part of our community. We're one community. We're all human beings. But- it, an- it annoyed me that he had him wearing that little ribbon and he really didn't know what it meant.
0: Right, right. Well, <laughs> you you, know? You know, speaking of what things meant, someone told me that um, at the school that their kid goes to in Harlem, they don't teach the alphabet anymore because they said that the kids know the alphabet song, but they didn't know what the alphabet. So at this school, they're teaching them the QWERTY keyboard. Is <clears throat> that happening at your child's school? This child no. is eight. No, And they don't teach him the child alphabet. Knew the alphabet when he got to school. You had taught him. <laughs> yes. You had taught your child the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's very confusing. Well, that's what I was told. They don't teach the alphabet at some schools. What does it mean Harlem. to teach the qwerty keyboard? The, you know the keyboard the q u. What I don't even know the qwerty keyboard. I guess it's q w e r t y. But that's what they teach them instead of the alphabet order a b c d e f g. They teach the oh, keyboard. Oh, the order. They oh, teach the okay. keyboard instead of the alphabet. Oh,
1: how weird. Yeah, no, no. Um, But my, my by the time my son got to school, he knew all that. He was good so I never experienced anything so strange okay although the new math I don't get the new math what is the new math they do math differently now how uh, you know how we did it vertically it's done horizontally okay and then they have to like explain how they got to those those numbers it's really different and when I, it confuses a mess out of me mm-hmm. I hate to admit it I'm like baby I'll help you with the reading homework <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? like, right, right right like, I don't get this and and when I try to help him with his homework I'm always doing it the way I was taught we'll correct. get to the same answers correct but he gets frustrated because yeah. I don't understand how he got there. And I try to tell them how I got there. And, and you know, we're, we're
0: both frustrated, but my kid's really good at math. So it's okay. And that's a strange thing. Cause like for me, <clears throat> I have a intuitive understanding of math. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I just can know what a math answer is. But if you ask me to like do it, I can't do it. Like if I had to just do an, an addition equation, I'm probably going to get it wrong. Mm. But in my head I can do things. I don't even understand what that is. <clears throat> Okay, maybe you're gifted. <laughs> uh, maybe so. Maybe so. We're all gifted in some kind of ways. Well, they're, mm-hmm. they're,
1: they require them to like, to not only- It's kind of
0: useless but, now since we all have calculators of, in our hands. Well, maybe. I moment. think it's so
1: that you can do bigger math and so that you can g- get into other um, theoretical math. I think that's, that's the point. But um, like, How many
0: people are going to do that?
1: I mean, I don't know. But and they you know, really going
0: to use calculators. They're going to use quantum calculators and quantum computers to do bigger math. Like, I mean, I think it's important to know so that you can, like, not get robbed when you go to the store. You can, you know, <laughs> measure some stuff out mm-hmm. like that. Yes, mm-hmm. that's important. And quantities for cooking or... You know, measuring, building things. I think mm-hmm. math is important for that. Well,
1: I, yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I'm like, you know, if it makes it, you competitive internationally, it's great. And if it allows him to go into, because he, he wants to go into science. Okay. Right? He
0: thinks. He thinks. You know, okay. he's nine. He don't really know, um, <laughs> but he thinks. And he could be one of those LDBTQ alphabet people too. By the time he gets there, he you could know, be. He know might be know what it means.
1: Right. <laughs> but he was just like, mm, I don't know, mommy, but I am. But um, but you know, so to me, I. I I like the way his school teaches and that you know he's getting exposed to everything but you know it's just the cultural perspective of you know i really would appreciate if y'all dealt with black lives matter a
0: little bit here because right. look where you are right you know so how do we get our artists to the uh our community how do we get it to them how do we cultivate our get community? our work to our community yeah i mean like uh tyler perry did it he went to the beauty shops mm-hmm. and he got things out there. and Because I, I think we're thirsty. We are thirsty for images of ourselves. And I think that the dominant culture often doesn't go after us until they need us to start their network. But, like, what is the way that we, we satisfy our thirst so that we just don't allow dominant culture to always... Um, Captivate our attention with the shiny things they give us that can be full of the propaganda that I see. How do we? I mean, I've I've been, I guess
1: that's what I've been doing for 20 some hours. Okay, well, so what's your, what do you do? um, How do you do it? We, but you know, I was gonna say it's getting harder because it's getting noisier. Right. Right now, everything um, is moving towards social media. Mm. So you really have to be in those spaces and you still have to be in the community spaces as well, because I think having the community connection, having the offline connection is what allows people to break through the noise. Right. Because so much is coming at us at all times so much so I mean my strategy for marketing films
0: has always been but not even just films like how mm-hmm. do you let anybody know about anything go ahead tell me your strategy well for I mean you know my, my, <laughs> I
1: think my strategy comes from an organizing right or because the people who, who mentioned me were organizers activate right? activists yeah so I mean to me it's always a multi-pronged approach um, and the first thing you want to do is have your communities identified like, who are the communities that can re- relate to this particular topic? And I want to get them directly involved. I want them to be my ambassadors. I don't want to do this alone. You know, and I think that's that's the one thing we have to realize. You can't do anything alone. No. Right. You really can't. And that's that. that that's something that's really starting to resonate for me personally as I'm trying to build this, this business. But... Um, Getting your other people in line and getting your ambassadors in line. Reaching into your community and figuring out all the people who are willing to carry your message forward. Mm. Yeah, And then making sure you have good tools so that they can do that. You know, people don't like to, like, you have to have good graphics. You have to have good materials. You need to have a good trailer. You need to just have those, those basic things in place. And then um, capturing, constantly capturing the information and, and the um the con the, the information for the people who are participating. Make sure you make sure you've got your your social media pages and that you're constantly building community there. Make sure at your events you're taking information and you're building a list ah, so that you can saying. keep reaching back when more is done. Because people are always going, "What's next? What's mm. next? I want to know what's next." So so let them know what's next. So I mean, I think it's it's that constant communication and that and that back and forth that helps you build community and build audience, no matter what you're doing. Um, you know, of course, you want to have. It'd be nice to have some money, but you can. You know, that'd be nice, right? It'd be money nice to can be make some to... of those things easier. Yeah, I,
0: I read online where you said that you found that uh, you that our community, the Afro-Cuban, you know, com- American community, we like the talk back.
1: That oh, that's yeah. something
0: you build and we like to talk about. What do you mm-hmm. think that is? Because, um, well, I don't think, I mean, maybe, and I think it might be the audience
1: I, I appeal to also. I, I know I have an audience of people who are really conscious and really engaged. So, you know, after you've sat there and watched someone's, someone's statement, you know, because every film's a statement, you've watched yes. this 55 minute, 120 minute statement, people really relish the opportunity to deconstruct. Cause it's like, mm. what do I do with that? Mm. You know, because I don't show the kind of films that just kind of wash over you, right? And, right. <laughs> you know, they, you, you're 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 inspired to think, and so then there's a, the point where you want to deconstruct and dialogue. And I think, you know, that's not just black people. I think that's all people, honestly. If you show somebody something of substance, they want to talk about it. I went to um, the Art House Convergence Conference last year. Um, Which is a conference that happens right before Sundance. And it's comprised of people who own Art House movie theaters Mm -hmm. and who make and who do film festivals. Okay, And I mean, you know, I would say it was mostly an older white crowd. And I found my tribe. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah, What's your tribe? What those older white folks? I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but, okay, but, but because they were,
1: you know, I, I was at a place for the first time. That I love that conference. You know, I didn't go back this year because I'm working on getting the space open. But that's a place where everybody was doing what I'm doing. Everybody Ooh. was opening was was managing these independent art house spaces. A lot of them were nonprofits, and they all saw their job as as creating community. That's the job of the art oh, house. Oh, I cinema. love this. Yeah, and See, so they're showing progressive works. And they're also having the conversations, how do I do this better as a white person? How do I engage the black community better? How do I not do it in a, in a superficial way? I was, I was amazed at the conversations they were having, of that they even cared. <laughs>
0: you know? I love that. It was
1: great. It was really great. Um, for me, now, I wasn't there for that. I was there for the nuts and bolts of how do I run my business? Mm-hmm. But to be able to talk to people who had been doing it for many years or who had just started was awesome. I was offered so much help from people in that room. So I think also we need to kind of, um, you know, when it comes to being progressive and being black, recognize that the progressive part might be the more important part. That you're connecting with progressive people who are like-minded,
0: who want to support your vision,
1: because not all progressive people look like you. Agreed. Agreed.
0: I guess, you know, my contrariness, because I can be very contrary, Mm -hmm. is that I sort of... You know, look out at things, and I feel like the most, you know, big, shiny, shiny thing is probably being controlled by somebody who's manipulating me.
1: Do you know what I'm saying? Mm
0: -hmm. Like, that just, just, just the sort of way I see the world. Like, you don't get to be way up there and seen on everything unless somebody even bigger is in control of that. And, So I'm always a bit, um, I'm always a bit mistrustful mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. which is why you know people are like, oh, you know, are you taking your film to the festivals? I'm like, no. Are you making your film to be a calling card? I'm like, no. I'm making my film because I have something I want to say to my people, and I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call people because that's who I I made it for, and I want to take it to them. Would I like it to get to more of my people? Yes, I want to get it to more of my people, but not at the price of having to alter my message so that it is comfortable enough for somebody who has me on a leash to be able to make a lot of money and then decide, well, actually, if we alter it this way, we can get it to some people that are going to make us a lot of money, but not going to go to your people. So
1: I would challenge you and say, that's about fear. Fear about what? You're afraid that someone's manipulating you. You're afraid that the strings are being pulled. Yes, And I I think that, um, you know, you could be in your own way in that respect. And I and I'll say that because I've probably been in my own way okay. at some, at some Talk point. some point. But I but I, I feel like um to me, seize the opportunity first first of all, and then you can you can stop and you can say, Well, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Or, I'm not comfortable with this. But if you don't seize the opportunity, you don't get the chance to make those decisions. So to me, my first objective is to seize the opportunity. If it's in front of me, mm. right? At least that's how I feel it should be. I don't know if mm-hmm. I've ever always lived this <clears> way. <throat> but I'm growing to this place where I'm like, if there's an opportunity in front of me, I need to take the opportunity. I know who I am, right? I know what my perspective is and where my limitations are. And I need to say, these are my limitations. Now, if they don't work within that opportunity, then I guess I need to move on. But I'm not going to not try, you know? Or and to me, a good example is, is Ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I thought When They See Us was was really a, a great piece of work. I thought she did an incredible job. Painful as hell. It was painful. It was. near. some people would say, oh, that was just more black porn, black poverty porn, right. or whatever you want to say about it. But, you know, and that, you know, maybe she, you could say maybe Netflix is is manipulating her. I don't know. But I do know that I'm happy to see her make that work.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, see, we're talking about something very different. Like for me, I, I sort of, I always look at who I admire and who's laying the path for me. Mm-hmm. So I look at Ava and Ava... Is the activist artist who is telling the stories that need to be told. And she's who, doing it
1: through mainstream channels. And she
0: is doing it through mainstream yes. channels. She is an she is a impresario, an entrepreneur. She understands that. That's a gift almost that she has. I think also because she came from publicity. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So that's like that's her unique thing. And she is using that thing to tell the untold stories to um at, you know activate the people who need to be uh to be honored and who need to be heroes who have been uh, relegated to the to the closet or to the trash heap. So mm-hmm. that's like where I put Ava, uh, Issa is the funny entrepreneur artist who did it on her own and got in and showed that it could be done after they had told her for years and And years. And took the HBO deal. And, and, no, see, that's, we're still talking about something different. So she Mm -hmm. came up on her own. Mm -hmm. They told her for years and years she couldn't do it. And then she got up in there and now she's opening doors for other people. Lena came in through the workman's way. She was working on shows and doing things for people. And now she's taking her brand and allowing it to open the doors for other people, all of them did something on their own first, though. Absolutely, but That's how, how what is I'm that? how is,
1: so, so? How is that different from what what we're talking about?
0: I haven't done my own my own thing yet. Of course, you so have. You've done a is, ton of things. This, on this your is not, but this is my on my own thing. Like I feel like I spent most of my career building other people's castles. Mm. Red Pill is really the first time that it's something that is mine mine and I've got to do my thing before I allow someone to say hey here's where I see you and here's where all of your past things say you should go this is like you know what this this is for me a beginning for me I
1: think you should I would like to see you interview those people to figure out how they got there because I think everyone gets there with help and I'm sure they take they took money from people who don't look like them
0: oh, uh, that's pop. To get it done. I've taken money from people who don't look <laughs> yeah. like me, so that's... Yeah. It isn't even a look like me. I guess it's more a a soulful kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, that's why
1: That's why I'm saying I think... You know, I'm... you know. I'm, i I guess... I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I'm getting influenced. But, <laughs> but to me, the, the thing is, find people who are progressive and like-minded.
0: So you, you keep using that word progressive. See, I don't like that word. <laughs> oh, what does progressive mean to you? Um... I think progressive has come to mean, for me, neoliberalism, um, a kind of elite group of people who look down on people who may not be educated, who may not be privileged with opportunity or wealth. Um, um, oh, who, you mean
1: it in the political sense. I don't mean it like that.
0: Um, yeah. So
1: progressive yeah. for me yeah, has, has a negative like connotation. Yeah. I don't mean it like um, that. I'm talking about people who are rooted in humanity. And oh, well, see, let's who, talk about people
0: rooted in humanity because yeah. progressive to me is yeah, not people that.
1: People who understand <laughs> um, the, the the heart and soul of your work and why you're doing it. Yes, that's the thing. People a who are yeah. on the same page. That's what see, I see. Mean. I don't use progressive yeah. in that. Like, way. like the folks I met at our house, those people weren't, I don't think they were neoliberals. A lot of those people were, you know, no. I'm talking about people who are doing the work, who understand the value of it, and who want to who will help you do it too. Yeah, because let's call
0: it humanists. Let's humanists. We some humanists. That's fine. We yeah. can say that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I. Yeah. I'm I'm looking for humanists. Mm-hmm. I I wanna I I you know I want to reach my people mm-hmm. because I love where I come from mm-hmm. and I want to speak to them in a way that you know they can't always afford to go to Broadway, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. feel like we should be these diamonds that get taken and then the people that we come from down in the coal mine can't even afford to experience the shine. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I started my park
1: series in mm-hmm. the parks because, um, you know, I was showing independent films and I'm like, you know, a lot of our folks don't even know what the, an independent film is. Mm. People would be like, you mean B movies? independent So seriously, i would be like, no, that's not what I mean. Come, you know what? I need to bring this to the people directly. Mm, yes. so, so that's why we started showing films in the parks. Yes. And at the same time, we started showing, we had like a little brownstone cinema. So we would show films in the parks. We would kind of, you know, gra- gather people. They would get to see these films. And then we would say, you know, here's a film we're showing in the cinema in two weeks. Go get your ticket. And we would sell tickets to the cinema. And, that's, and did that's, that work? It did work. It did I work. like that. And that. that's how we started. You know, I've kind of honestly grown away from that a little bit because I've been showing bigger brand films. Mm-hmm. Because now, you know, as you grow, you get caught up in like the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, that's um, a reality. Yeah, that's, that's a reality. But I mean, we still mm-hmm. show independent films and that's what my space will be. But it's about make, making sure that people are you know, feel invited to the space. Yeah. I'm like who wants to go downtown to Houston street to see an independent film about yeah. your community? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that what that's a very fine line between, um, you know, how do you make a living and support the ability to keep making it, but also get it to people who often can't afford to, to pay it, but also cultivate the people who can afford to pay it, that can sustain it. And I guess that's, what I don't know and it's what I'm interested in.
1: Yeah, you said a mouthful there,
0: <laughs> <laughs> You said a mouthful. But that, I think that's why the way
1: I shaped my brand um, was to do that, right? Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm I'm really um, selling an experience. You know, walking into the Soul Cinema Cafe will be an experience. You walk into a place where you're, you see yourself reflected everywhere. Even though the designer I'm working with, Sheila Prevost, she did these awesome bathroom signs that are like, you know, Everyone's got an afro and a fist in the air. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? like Just really cool imagery and a place where you feel just kind of um, embraced, mm-hmm. you know, from the type of food to the music, to the films, to the treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, to me, you know, selling the experience is probably just as important as the film content, you know, and so that everyone feels welcome and everyone wants to come there. And then, you know, hopefully I can maintain price points that are reasonable for everyone.
0: So no. when will this new Image Nation be uh, rolling out? Um, up until this morning, I would have said, <laughs> I would have had a date,
1: but we ran into a little hiccup. So um, the Soul Cinema Cafe, I, you know, hopefully will be opening next quarter, but we'll okay. see how that goes. Um, Image Nation is going to keep going. We have our series with the Apollo Theater. And, you have an um, Array series too, don't you? no. No, I don't have an Array series. We are a founding partner in Array. Okay. And so um, the films that she that um, Array wants to have, Array, for people who don't know, is Ava DuVernay's Distribution uh, Collective that she founded w- with film organizations. So we're one of the founding film organizations, us and Urban World in New York City are the New York partners. And so uh, when a film, um, when a film, when she has a film that she wants to, to have, uh, shown theatrically, she brings it to us. Okay. And we'll find a space or we'll show it in our space. Okay. Um, but you know, they're doing they're doing different things now. That film that just
0: uh that just series about. they
1: just did on black film only oh, aired on have Netflix. Us. They gotta yeah.
0: have us. I that right. was great. I loved it.
1: It was it was awesome that but that only was on Netflix that okay. didn't come through the through the through the uh, the vehicle so you know when a film goes theatrical we have the opportunity
0: to show it fantastic yeah fantastic but um
1: there's cocktails and cinema at the Apollo we have Image Nation outdoors which is our outdoor film series um and so that'll take place this summer folks can check our website ImageNation.us um, there's the investment opportunity in the Soul Cinema Cafe. You know, I would give my phone number out, but y'all want to be too desperate.
0: <laughs> but you can find <laughs> imagination.us. Yes, 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 Imagination.us. So I have three questions for you. Um, one of my guests said these were questions that uh, she asks herself on her journey as a, she's a producer. You're a mm-hmm. producer also. Um, the three questions are, who am I, what is needed, and how can I serve? Would you answer those three questions?
1: I am a diaspora child, that's who I am. What is needed, Um, so much, but then the need that I'm looking at is the need for progressive images of people of color that highlight our humanity um, and emphasize solidarity throughout the diaspora in the Pan-African world. And how I am serving is by creating Image Nation, by creating the Soul Cinema Cafe and um, being open to learning new ways to get that done.
0: Thank you, Moykansi. Come on. Thank you. I love
1: talking to you, Tanya. We always have such good conversations. (laughs) We do. We do.
0: We're going to have an even better one in the fall because we got to create a whole series around black horror and black politics and a whole voting thing. Is there a
1: horror component to your film? Oh, this
0: is a horror film, Red Pill. Oh. Well, you didn't know Red Pill is a horror film? No. Oh, honey, it's the the, the log line is um, the weekend of the 2020 election. A posse of progressives ride into red country, armed with their heart, humor, and naivete.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They should have brought heavy artillery. And it stars uh, Ruben Blades, Mm -hmm. myself, Adeshala Osakalumi, Kathy Irby, Kathy Curtin, Colby Menifee. And, uh, you know, so it's this multicultural group of people, Mm -hmm. you know, going down to canvas up the vote. And uh, this other group of people take them out one by one. Ooh, (laughs) that sounds good. Did you, did you, I seem like Jordan Peele should give you some money. <laughs> it seems so, like his type of film. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. Well, you know, when I looked at Monkey Paw's mission, their mission was about, you know, giving you the superhero and the superhero rising and giving people that's, well, that, that's what it said in their mission. And I was like, yeah, that's one people to get people going, but fear works too. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, thank you, Moikansi Kama. Thank you, thank you for having me. This is Tanya Pinkins. You can't say that. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tonya Pinkett's. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm forward slash Y-C-S-T. Stay safe.